We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, and the GOAT, Juan Daniels. Guys, a lot to talk about. We got a lot to take in today. I think the main question here, and we want to talk about this will Jalen Carter be taken first overall in this upcoming draft? We're going to talk about what? Save it for later. Save it for later. I promise we're going to get into this. Couple things first, though. Before we get started on that, I, I do want to I do want to break out some interesting notes here. Um, it appears Alabama has found their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, for that matter, uh, but specifically defensive coordinator, and it was not Glenn Schumann. So it might appear for now, Glenn Schumann is staying uh, at Georgia, uh, which is pretty telling, right there, right. Um, and also, right, we're waiting to hear back from Todd Munkin. Uh, he's taken a couple NFL interviews. Uh, no word yet, um, but it appears as of right now that you have both of your offensive and defensive coordinators sticking around. Uh, first off, I want to get your quick thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on the fact that Bama missed out or Bama did not get um, Schumann? I think that's important for Georgia. Would y'all say? You want to go first one or you want me to? I'll let you, I'll let you go. I mean, I would say it's very important in the fact that <clears throat> it would be more telling to me that he was unhappy with something occurring here if he left. All these Bama fans, all these people talking, you know, they're like, oh, Glenn Schumann's going to be the next defensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. It's like he's the defensive coordinator at the University of Georgia, like back-to-back reigning national champions. It's not a step up anymore to be the D.C. at Alabama from the D.C. at Georgia. And people are like, oh, well, he could come here and he wouldn't have to be co-defensive coordinator. It's like he's co-defensive coordinator here, but he's the co-defensive coordinator in charge. And don't think that Kevin Steele over at Alabama won't also probably eventually be named or have a co-defensive coordinator named. There's just so much that goes into preparation throughout the week, who you have sitting in the booth, who's helping you. You know, are you the one in the booth and you have somebody signaling on the field or vice versa? You know, I, I think that Glenn Schumann, the net, only thing he's leaving for is a head coaching job at this point. 
I think that this really secured that fact um, even more. He also secured a fat race coming up. I guarantee that. Yeah, I, I agree with Kobe. I mean, it, it's it's more of a lateral move than it is anything else. And you know, why why would you go to you know take a lateral move at, at, at an inferior program? And um, you know, you sit there and take a look at what what Dan Lanning was able to do to go to Oregon and really make them relevant um, and and really make them you know, have an opportunity to contend or at least go after a Pac-12 championship. And uh, so, again, his next step is going to be a head coaching job, and it's not going to be at, you know, a small school. It's going to be a big-time program, um, and, and that's basically what he's shooting for. I mean, and he has – I mean, and there's no reason to believe that he won't either. Like, you know, I mean, you look at Todd Munkin, right? Todd Munkin, we expect to go NFL or stay at Georgia, right? You look at – uh, you know, Glenn Schumann, there's no reason for him to make a lateral move at this point, considering you have back-to-back national titles and you've recruited at a level in which I don't even think Georgia has seen at this point in years past. Like, I don't think we've ever been as deep as, you know, look at like linebacker and right. Like just, it's just stupid how deep you are in a lot of positions. So to be a part of something like that, there's, it, it would, Listen, not knocking necessarily what Bama picked up in regards to Kevin Steele, uh, but I'll have a comment on that. But when when you've won back-to-back national titles, you know that a spot's going to come open, whether it be next year or the year after. You're not you're not having to feel obligated to move for no reason. I mean, look, think about Lanning. Lanning goes and and gets offered the Kansas job obviously turns it down next year comes open boom Oregon right like you said like there's no reason for him to like he can take a huge job when it comes open and that's and I think that's a big thing that people need to realize and I think sometimes your you know your fans on Twitter and different people fail to realize is Lanning like smart was offered jobs while he was DC and he turned a lot down until he got the job here at Georgia Lanning was, I mean, Lanning was so close. Like, y'all don't even understand how close he was to taking that Kansas job. Like, he was all but bags packed, flight booked. And then he was like, and then Kirby finally got a hold of him and was like, listen, Dan, like, you are a more talented coach than the next head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Like, if you will give it one more year, you're going to get a job that you can sustain at and not try to rebuild and by some miracle, you know, make Kansas relevant as a stepping stone. And I think that's the big thing. Schumann, you know, I think you just, you learn from the people before you and you learn to not make any mistakes like people did. I mean, you have Muschamp who was a DC and then took a big job. His first job was a big job at Florida. You have Kirby who's done the same, you now have Lanning who's done the same. And I think Schumann's in line for kind of that next, um, you know, straight from D.C., straight to a major Power 5 school. And it doesn't yeah. have to be a stepping stone. I mean, Kansas is a stepping stone school. Let's be honest. There is – I don't think there's a coach in America that says, man, I would love to land that Kansas job and then just, you know, make, make that my home. I mean, that's just that's just not going to happen. So, um, for, for, for Schumann – but, I mean, and look at it, too. I mean, he's – you know, he's got a great situation. Either way, he's going to be fine. Um, but again, staying at Georgia, you're, you know, you've got, you, you know, you're on the brink of something special being a three time, you know, three peat national champion. 
Um, you know, why not? And then, of course, what does your marketability look like after having three national championships? If that happens, it's it's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, ultimately, you, right? I think you may not keep a coach on staff if you go three P. Yeah, you may flush the whole <laughs> oh the GAs, the GAs, Everybody. equipment managers. I mean, they may be gone. I mean, hell, sign me up. Sign me up. Um, anyways. I'll deal with those repercussions when they get here. Yeah. I mean, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe, Kobe Pierce might actually go on and, and coach the uh, the long snappers. I don't think you'd yeah. be opposed to that, would you? Uh, uh, let's transition oh, over. Yeah, we have yeah. snapping right now, so we're, we're good. Oh, okay. Let's transition over to that, right? We started off talking about the main question of the day, right? Chicago Bears hold the number one pick overall. Now, there's a lot of quarterback teams, needy teams, that could tra- like, trade up into, um, you know, into that number one spot. How, how possible – and, Kobe, I think you're a Bears fan, so this is going to hit right in the fields for you. You have – what's the odds or what are the chances that you think the Bears stay put and draft number one overall? And if so – Right, since you since you're a Bears fan, do you think it's because there's an argument best defensive player, right? That could they draft Jalen Carter? Could they draft Will Anderson? And and both guys have the reason to believe that they could be number one overall if a quarterback needy team doesn't do so. But do you think that the Bears stay put at number one? And if so, do they draft Jalen or do they draft Will? I think right now it is like probably less than a 5% chance that the Bears stay put at one. Um, as a Georgia fan, I'd love to see Jalen go one. You know, back-to-back number one overall picks would just be amazing, especially both from the defensive side of the ball. But just knowing, like, the Bears and what they have and what they kind of need, like, yeah, I could see them taking a defensive player. But I think the problem is in any trade-back scenario right now, the worst you're picking is at four. And so then at that point, it's like, well, if you're talking about one of those picks is probably going to be Bryce Young, one of those picks is probably going to be another quarterback, then you still eventually will either have Will Anderson or um, Jalen Carter fall to you. I, I think that will be more how they do it. I think they'll you know trade number one overall, trade back, trade for some more picks, possibly falling again in the first round or in the second round, um, and then take whoever's kind of left at like four. If um, I'm not mistaken, though, the Bears, I, I thought they already put a asking price for that number one pick, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was pretty hefty, but I may be wrong. Uh, it, it, rumors here and there. I mean, there were rumors swirling that they were going to trade Justin Fields in a package. and take I can't see that. One overall. I, I mean, it just – it, it, it's too early to really know what, you know, after pro day, after combine, you'll get a much better idea of like what, what it's looking like. You know, Jalen goes out there and kills pro day, kills combine. Your GM might go, Hey, you know, it's future hall of famer. Like we can't pass that up, but yeah, um, I, I, I think right now with the needs, they're more plentiful than kind of like Jacksonville who really just needed some good defenders. They didn't really need a bunch of good skill positions. Like, the Bears are in dire need of some running backs, some receivers, some offensive linemen, um, and then we'll kind of piece together a defense, I feel like, after that. Yeah. I mean, Juan, do you think – I mean, basically taking, you know, Kobe's information and insight here, 
like, do you feel confident and or you know how confident do you feel that Jalen Carter could maybe not be the first overall, right? Now that we've heard Kobe in there, you know what it sounds like they might be actually moving that number one pick. If things stay the same, the Cardinals would probably be the first team to not have a need for quarterback if they stay put. But could Jalen Carter be the first defensive player taken off the board? Or yeah, would you think? Yeah, yeah, think I, I think he could. I, I do believe, I honestly think that it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts that are going to pretty much sell their entire program to get that number one because they are in desperate need of a quarterback, whether that be C.J. Stroud, whether it be, whether it be Bryce Young. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, in, in years past, before these championships and before you could see what, what uh, Georgia could do, Will Anderson would be an easy uh, first pick. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But because of the success that Jordan Davis has had and this, this, the success that the Georgia defensive players have had, and there's a couple of games, you know, via like, you know, a la Tennessee, where um, you saw Will Anderson kind of disappear a little bit, you know, and, and so, you know, now they're looking at that toughness, that physicality, and they're looking at, you know, at, at, at Carter to be that guy. So I see them taking Jalen first um over um over Robinson easily um you know no 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 questions see my question though, answer, yeah. my, my thing is the, the the NFL seems to be one of these leagues now that they're all about pass rushing pass rushing pass rushing getting to the quarterback but my thing I think what separates the two right Will Anderson is an elite pass rusher right but if you go back to his time in, in Alabama, you look at Pete Golding and, and he had him in coverage and it just, he looked out of, he wasn't comfortable and looked somewhat out of place. Yeah, but then you look at, you look at the situation where Jalen Carter, right? Just dominate, like just dominates up front, just super quick off the ball, you know, disruptive in the interior. I, I think ultimately the, the question, you know, comes down to, like, for instance, if it's the Cardinals at three, right? Do they need somebody disruptive in the interior or do they need another body on the edge? J.J. Watt just retired. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, J.J. Watt retired. Now they need a pass rusher too. So, you know, there is a there is a legitimate concern, or, or you know, for pass rushing for Cardinals. But Jalen Carter can do that from the inside as well. Now, I think he's more suited for the run game, definitely, because he can just – out, you know, just be athletic and just outmaneuver guys with that first step. It's also different in the NFL. I completely understand it's a whole different level. But you know, ultimately, I, I think he has a good. I think he has a good shot. I don't think there wouldn't be a reason for that. But it would also not shock me if Will Anderson goes just due to the fact that right the need, the value for a pass rusher that high. You know what I mean? Especially like you said, what retiring right? Like, how is that going to impact that? You know. And it's still, I mean, it still just all depends. You're so far from, from draft day. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to call it. I mean, on, on pure talent alone, I think, you know, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, you're getting a guy that's going to, you know, solidify your defense for the next five to eight years. Um, at, at that point, you're just picking, like you're saying, do I need a outside linebacker defensive end or do I need a three technique, you know, Aaron Donald type player? Or, you know, am I the Colts and I'm going to have to take a chance on a quarterback somewhere along, you know, life's way. It'll, it'll be interesting. I've seen things lately, rumors swirling that the Titans may be interested in trading up in the top five as well for a quarterback. So, um, 
Didn't they just draft Malik Willis? You know the NFL. You you're great. I mean, you're great until you're not, and then it's well, on to the next. I guess to that point, though, the the quarterback class last year was absolute doo doo. Like, like there was a reason Kenny Pickett went twentieth, and then it was a third round pick between the next quarterback selection. Like, so I mean, I guess in that sense, it wouldn't make you know, it wouldn't be too far fetched. You know, depend considering and depending on how things go, right? And how, you know, quarterback run to start off, right? Like several teams that need them, right? Because you start now. Listen, and this is another thing. And, and and Juan, I know you're about to hate this, but what we just saw this past season, if you're if you're watching the playoffs, the 49ers went through four quarterbacks in one season. Oh, and yeah. we're about to use Christian McCaffrey as a quarterback. With that being said, there should be no excuse not for one team to look at Stetson Bennett and draft him due to the fact that you can never have enough quality depth. You just can't. Now, I know that's – I know I saw that face one. I saw it. But, you, but listen, Brock Purdy just proved the point that it – listen, if, if he was mystery relevant and you take a shot on that, there's at least not a reason to give Stetson a shot. You saw what he did in college. Now, does that transfer over? Obviously, nope. TBD. TBD. If, if you were to say – if anybody were to say that Stetson was the caliber of an Aaron Murray – Jake Fromm, Eric Zier, you know, and all these other guys, you know, I, I would honestly have to question your sanity. And he's not as good as those guys. And they did not do a whole lot in the NFL. E- even DJ Shockley, you know, and, uh, you know, DJ Shockley is head and shoulders better than he is. So for for him to go out there and be be successful in the NFL, it's just not going to happen. Um, and and please bookmark this this. Uh, this this right here. I mean, you heard it here first. I, I'm again. I, I called two national championships. I've called a three-peat. Stetson Bennett will not play in the NFL. Not even as a backup. Not even as a backup. So you're saying he won't make it as a backup or practice squad? No. Kobe, I feel a bet coming. Me and Juan about to make a bet on this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Canadian League, maybe. I was um, USFL. I was um, gonna argue with Juan uh, that I, I I think he might be better from that dude. Mm, reading wise, let, let, I'll, I'll, I'll play. I'll play with both of them. I'll play with both. I know you did, but, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell I you. His arm, I think his arm strength and his ability to like read a defense. Yeah, his arm strength's better, and his ability to read a defense is the same, if not better. I'll, I'll tell you this: and his mobility is way better. As a as a former player in 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 in, in all areas, anytime your co- your coach rips your ass after a game and says that you need to play within the system, you are not that great of a quarterback. So if you go back to the Alabamas of the, you know, uh, who were those Alabama quarterbacks that had to play within the system? They were not very good in in the pros. And until you get to a, until you get to those other guys, they're just not. So he is a system guy, and you get ripped on national television to say you need to play within the system and and do what your coach to do. Those are not your elite quarterbacks. I'm just going to say it right here, Kobe. I just I just want to let something be known. I'm not debating that part. I'm more saying that like. If you had, if I had, if people saw fifth round value in Jake Fromm, then I have to believe someone will at least see one to seventh round value, you know, four, five to seven round value in Stetson. I mean, I'm not saying you're right. He may not make the 53 man. He may, you know, get cut after a couple weeks on P squad, but I don't believe that he will just go clean through undrafted. I'll tell you this. Let's make a bet. 
We're gonna let we're gonna let the brigade decide, Juan. So what that means is I, I'm calling Stetson to get drafted. Juan, you don't think he gets drafted? I don't think he gets drafted. With that being said, if you're up for a bet, I'm up for a bet. I'm up for it. We're gonna let the brigade decide the, what bet. So we so drop us in the comments. Drop it in the comments. Let us know the bet stipulation. Because it, it's it's set. Me and Juan's got this. I think Stetson will get drafted. Juan does not think so. The bane of his existence will not get drafted. Let's hear that. All right, we need we need y'all's inputs. Drop it in the chat, Brigade. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. And if we see something good, we might make it live. All right. <laughs> um, but we're going to read some comments. How about that? We've we've been talking. The, we have not shown love to the Brigade. So let's do that. Uh, Floyd Donnelly, welcome to the Brigade. It's our first time name that I've seen. Uh, saying that Carter will not go number one. Uh, you know, I, I think it could be interesting. Like I said, obviously, you know, we, we talked about the quarterbacks in this class. Listen, there's some good, good quarterbacks in this class. Um, you know, and Pat agrees with this as well. Um, listen, I think it would be nice to see him and have back-to-back number ones. But I also understand that quarterbacks drive this league. Quarterbacks drive the NFL. So, Regardless, I think there's a possibility that if Chicago stays, he's gone, number one. But the question is, at this point, the main question is, do they stay? And, and considering the holes that uh, Chicago has, I think if they get the right offer and get multiple, multiple picks, lots of picks, fill those holes like that. Um, let's see here. I saw somebody, something earlier here. Um, Kobe mentioned to Jill, did she have a good cup of coffee? And she said, yes, she did. So good. Uh, which is time to drop that plug. All right. The show is brought to you by Apotheos Roastery. 30 years of experience based out of Kennesaw and also the official coffee and cold brew partner of the Classic City Collective. Whenever you check, follow them on Instagram at Apotheos Roastery. Follow them on Twitter at Apotheos Coffee. Go to our link, dgdpodcast.com forward slash apotheos, shop their collection, and whichever, like if you get three bags of coffee, 20% of each bag will go straight to the Classic City Collective. Make sure to give them a follow and a shout out as well. Let them know we sent you there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. Mm -mm. I'm telling you right now, man, you can't, I I haven't found a bad bag of coffee. That's just me, though. Uh, Let's see here. I think we're already seeing some bets dropping in. Uh, This will be interesting. Uh, if all right, so Pat says if Rob wins, Juan has to wear a high top box fade. Oh no! Oh the oh, can he grow the hair? Is the question. Uh, Robert shaves his head, and Juan wears a wig. We need it, Juan. We need to get you looking at them cherry curls. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, let's see, Christian Gonzalez. So Christian Gonzalez will be. I, that's the Oregon cornerback. I, I don't think you're talking about number one overall, Floyd. Let me know. Kobe says that Juan wins and Robert has to put on a UF shirt for a show. If Robert wins, Juan wears a Stetson jersey for a show. Yeah, I'm going to get a, an old T-shirt, like an old dingy T-shirt that I wiped the lawnmower blade with and then put a 13 on there. You know what? Here's No, no, no. We're going to get you hooked up. We're going to get you hooked up for that. Um, you know, listen, I, I guess if, if we did do that, I could just reach out to Adonis and get a Florida shirt, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to wear the jewelry. I'll wear the fly Adonis to my house and then have him actually sit Do I wear the jewelry? Patrick said that you should have to wear an Auburn shirt. And if you if that ends up happening, you can just ask Juan. 
tomorrow. Well, but well, he wore a Palmer mm-hmm. shirt the last podcast. That's true. Your salmon no, shirt. You got it. You got it. Whatever. Oh, I need y'all to cut that shit out. Now. Stop playing. Stop playing. He always talks about he hates Auburn, and he's sitting yeah. there just sporting it. Just no, chilling. Not. Under just Armour and everything. You take That's that back. That's a salmon. You take that back. <laughs> I see it in person. You'd be different. Not so Floyd. Floyd was talking about Christian Gonzalez, and he said at eight. That's to the Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pat's over here laughing. I'm telling him to calm down too. But no, I, I, obviously, keep keep dropping these bad ideas. I think they're interesting to hear. But um, but yeah, no, I think we, let's move on though, right? Let's do a quick talk about something. I, I want to talk about the NFL. Obviously, the NFL draft and the NFL combine more so than anything. And obviously, we've got a lot of guys coming in uh, preparing for the combine. But let's do a quick rundown of this past weekend. If you didn't know, they had a Shrine Bowl and they had the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, if you look at the Shrine Bowl, you had Robert Bill and Kiaris Jackson. If you watched the Reese's Senior Bowl, excuse me, you had um, Kenny McIntosh, Chris Smith, Jack Podlesny, and who else was it? Missing somebody. Who was it? Can somebody help me out? Um, you said Chris Smith. Chris Pod Smith, Lesney. Kenny McIntosh. Oh, Warren McClendon. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Warren McClendon. That's it. Um, listen, you didn't miss much, unfortunately, because like if you watch the Sean Bowl, I don't think there was a single statistic recorded from either one of the guys. And the Reese's Senior Bowl was highlighted by a horrible quarterback play, in my opinion. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, there's really not much. Uh, national Championship hangover. I mean, he's just – he continued well, that trash play that he was doing in the, uh, in the National Championship. I mean, the one thing I will say, though, is the senior bowl practices, though, right, leading up to the game, if you were keeping up with that, Warren McClendon had a really good practice, week of practice there. Uh, Kenny McIntosh had really good uh, flashes of uh, receiving out of the backfield and pass pro. Um, so it looked like the guys, you know, in practice time, right, really stood out. But when it came to the game, it was just horrible to watch. It was unwatchable. I think the big thing is the at the Senior Bowl especially. I don't know about the Shrine Bowl. I can keep up with it quite as much. But where your money is made is is a first chance to have official measurements taken, and it's a, a week full of good quality practice reps. You know the game. The game's here nor there. But I mean, you talk about like um, the tackle from Ohio State and how much money he probably made this week. Going to the to the Senior Bowl, measuring out at eighty nine and a half inch, you know, wingspan, having some good, winning some good reps against some good, you know, competition. He's going to be one of those guys that people say, you know, he's probably a second round pick, late second round pick. He's going to start climbing up some boards, be you know, middle first round pick if he has a decent show in it at a pro day. You know, he he benches two twenty five, couple good times and. It shows some athletic ability. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. What you laughing at, Juan? Nothing, man. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing <laughs> I, I was interested, though, right? I think that's like you said, though, Kobe, that's a really good point is <clears throat> NFL scouts are obviously looking at this and they look at those first measurables, you know, the measurements, things like that. You know, like, for instance, Stetson rejected the the bowl, right? You've seen a lot of the elite quarterbacks, so didn't go to the senior bowl, though. Like, I think Max Duggan was one of the most high profile quarterbacks there. What's up, Warren? You said you saw a lot of elite quarterbacks rejected the ball. I'm, I'm talking. I, I, you didn't see Bryce Young there. Didn't see C.J. Stroud there. Like They're, neither one of those guys are seniors. Ah, uh, you're right. I thought that was sorry. My bad. I was thinking of Sean Ball. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> my bad. My bad. No. Ultimately, though, I just heard is, crashing glass in the background and screeching tires. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. What is Kobe laughing at now? Oh boy. Just him going. Uh, uh, juniors over. <laughs> Copy that. Over, over, uh, over, the, over, and uh, the other one was Will Levis, and he's being overhyped. So, yeah, Oof. this is true. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to Monday. There's always Welcome. one. You can go Welcome. back. Mitch, Welcome Mitch to Monday. Disky. Anthony Richardson might be on up there this year too. I've seen yeah. some. Oh, that is shocking. I, I am. I am completely shocked that they have him as a first round guy. I'd take Stetson over Anthony Richardson. Top ten, top ten pick. Not even like. There's, dude, there's projections of him going to the uh, Panthers at nine. Lamar Either that or they'll, they'll, probably, he, they'll probably pick him up at Baltimore because there's no way that Lamar Jackson's staying in Baltimore after, you know, what what would happen over the you – know, Well, that, that explains Todd Munkin not going to Baltimore if that's the case. Yeah. Mm. That's, not official. that's not official. Nah, listen, if, if their draft plan is to draft Anthony Richardson, Todd Munkin knows good quarterbacks, and that ain't one of them. It's just interesting because, like, when you're talking about like Lamar Jackson didn't go until what, like, 32. And he, yeah, him, he went. He went. And you're dead telling last me that Anthony draft, Richardson's worth the ninth overall pick? No, no. I just didn't see it. I just did not see it at all. Juan, if 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 Will Levis and and if Will Levis and Anthony Richardson go in the first round, I feel confident in my bet. Stetson's gonna get drafted. I'm just listen, saying. Listen, if you took Levis at like. 28, 29, I'd be willing to take that in the first round. And he's got the frame, the arm strength, stuff like that. But you're talking about these guys, when there are eight, nine picks taken, you're talking about their projections that all four of these guys are gone already. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you look at it, the only only upside that he has is just being in that, that pro system at Kentucky. That's it. Other than that, he did not perform well. At you all. saw what hell you when saw what happened against Georgia, man. He yeah. couldn't really do much. Yeah, when it counted, he made know, a couple nice. He made well. a couple big plays, but that was it. It was, it was just rough, you know. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, obviously, like I said, we we talk about looking at the you know, 
the both bowl games are just boring to me. I mean, McClendon didn't even participate in the game itself. Did the, like I said, the practices is what you probably look at, um, and ultimately, like I said, the guys fared well in their practices, but the games it was just rough. Um, but I, I guess it's a perfect time to transition over to right the combine preparation things like that. Um, obviously, there's a lot of Georgia Bulldogs that are getting ready for the combine and things like that. Um, obviously, and looking at recent success as well, right? You look at the combat last year, right? People, I don't think people still might not comprehend just how impressive what Georgia did at the NFL combine last year, how impressive that was as a team effort. Ultimately, that was ridiculous. Um, I don't see that being the same level as last year, this year, but I still expect Georgia to have some combine freaks. I mean, that's just my thought. I think Jalen Carter could kill the workouts. I, I do. Um, who are – I think Keely Ringo will do very well in the in the combine. I mean, I really do. I think he'll perform well. I mean, he's fast. He's big. He's a physical guy. The only thing that's really going to hurt him is his hips. Well, um, we're about to find out when those uh, those flip – you know, the flip drills. Yeah. I call them the flip drills. But when you basically – when you're backpedaling, you flip your hips and then do it again, that's, we're about to find out everything right there. That's what's gonna, he's going to score low on that. But as far as straight ahead running, I think that his, you know, uh, jumping ability and all that, I mean, I, I think he's going to do very, very well. I, I don't yeah, see I why I wouldn't. I think he blows away. I think he blows away the 40. I think yep. his verts, his vert and his broad jumper, unbelievable. Yep. Um, you know, I think his measurables will be it's unbelievable. Be his wingspan, his arm length, his hand size, all those things. I mean, he's like 6'2". It's really he's, big. He's huge. Yeah. Now, my question, yeah. my question, though, is this. Do y'all want to? Do y'all want to take and make a prediction right now? Let's make a prediction. Who who do you think will run the fastest forty time on Georgia? Let's let's collectively talk about this. Is it Keeley? Yes. This 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 year in the combine for Georgia, they'll be he'll be the fastest. Who else, who else got, is going to run? Kiaris. Kiaris won't run. Kiaris no won't run that fast. fast. No, nope. um, will not run that fast. I mean, maybe maybe Smith, but I don't think so. He just got a lot of closing speed, but I don't yeah. think he's got that straight line. Yeah. I mean, so let's just say Keeley at this point. Keeley, Keeley might be one of the top five fastest runners at the combine this yeah. year. He'll be in the top. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be, he'll be hit, 25, hit 23 and a half miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. He can flat out. He can flat out fly. And, and now you but, give him time to prepare and work on the 40. Because y'all know this. Ultimately, I'm a fan of 100 meter, right? I, I love the 100 meter times. However, at the 40, everybody just glamors over it and just drills over it. If if he runs, let's, let's make a prediction. Juan, we'll start with you. What's your prediction to the hundredth of a second on Keely Ringo's 40 time? I mean, I'd say I'd give him a four three two. I'd give him four three two. What you think, Kobe? Yeah, I, I like that general, um, that general speed. You know, four three four, four three two. Kind of just depends how well he gets out of the blocks. I mean, I think he accelerates that video. He accelerates extremely well. He has long legs, a lot of leg drive, a lot of power. You know, he. he I don't know if he's quite. I don't think he quite dips in a four-two speed. If he does, if he does. He got he got burned a couple of times in his career here. If he was a four-two guy, he needs to get his eyes in the right places more often. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, and I'm gonna. So you got one. You've got four-three-two, Kobe. You've got what four-three-two, four-three-one. What's what's your specific number? Juan kind of stole mine, but um. 
I mean, if you I'll want four through two, that's fine too. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll cut I'll undercut one. I'll go four three one. I'm going I'm going four two nine just on the fact that I think. Listen, we saw last year that that field that right that field, a lot of guys were moving that field. We're talking official laser to laser there. Yeah, it's it's typically a slow it's a slow slow field to run on. It's a nightmare. It's it's almost like running on like deep carpet. <laughs> well, see, I was about to say, which in my guess, in my opinion, when you saw a lot of these guys running four twos last year, in theory, if they're running on natural grass, is that in the four ones? No. No. I, I mean, like it's still like cutting. Up, like it's probably taking. No. If, it, if it's natural natural grass, those guys are probably running like maybe four fours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Turf turf is much faster. I got you. Okay. So obviously y'all y'all did this. I didn't. I never played on turf, so I had no clue. If, if you're on a four-one, you're not playing football. No, you're doing something I mean, else. Yeah, yeah no, that's, like it'll racing, be interesting to hear about that. You're like racing intergalactically. You know, I'm, I mean, like, I'm gonna. I'm I don't gonna, even. I don't even, think, relays. I don't even know if Bolt could run anything near a four-one. That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Yeah. I, it, it, yeah. That that's gonna. It'd be tough. It takes him a while to get to get going. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a four-one. I'm talking. You're talking about you're running ten yards a second at that point. That's yeah, that's, I mean, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make my prediction. I'm gonna go four-two-nine just for the sake of it, yeah. because I, I feel like what I saw in the Peach Bowl was one play that really stood out to me. Was he blitzes and then turns around and comes from behind and forces the fumble. That play stood out to me a lot. It really does. Like you, you just saw the pure speed. You just saw him come in. Boop. I was like, "Oh shit!" But um, no, nah, I'm going. So, I think I think some other guys, like I think Jalen, will run. Fairly he'll, he'll, freak, he'll freak some people out. I think Jalen's going to be the freak of the the draft, like from a Georgia perspective. But I think otherwise, um, like I don't think Chris is going to be like the fastest safety. I don't think he'll have the best vertical. I don't think he'll have any of that. I think he'll be very good. Yeah. Um, Robert Beal, his measurables will be pretty good. I mean, he was a five-star athlete. Measurables are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's going to blow anybody away with any speed. I don't think Kieras okay. is going to blow anybody away with any speed. Nolan Smith. Will he be able to, though? Like, is he – he'll be able to? He'll be able to run in the combine for sure. I was worried. I was worried about a. I was worried about a shoulder and being able to affect his running. In October, he should be. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Darnell blazing the. You know, I'll be honest. I can see Darnell not running it. Yeah, I can see Darnell straight up saying like, "I'm not putting an official laser time on on paper." If he's worried, he's going to run slow. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he if he practices on it a few times, and kind of gets a feel for it. I mean, the way I look at it, there was like, what does the NFL scout do with that? Like, oh, obviously, like we know as a tight end, he's he's both. He's a hybrid. He can block elite blocking, basically adding an extra lineman, but also the ability to run out and catch. Right? It's like, what does what maybe is it depending on the team that he gets? Drafted I don't know, on? but I, I I'm I'm shocked that they have him in the in the first round. I mean, I I feel like he'll be one of those guys that'll go to the NFL and just kind of die to blocking, um, be more of a blocker. I don't see him being a George Kittles. I don't see him being a Kelsey. 
He's just not that type of, he does, just does not have that type of athleticism. I mean, he's big, he's strong. I mean, he, he is agile, but, you know, where they're playing at is just a completely different level. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, and ultimately this is, like I said, I think it's ultimately dependent upon what team drafts him. Because if you have, like, if you get him the right quarterback, he could be a red zone nightmare. He could be, right? But at the same time, like, there's a yeah, but you had Monkey, who is probably the greatest tight end, you know, play caller, and didn't really use him like he should have. I mean, there, there's no reason why you shouldn't have treated him like Gronk and then just jump balled him to death. Because, and, and there's a reason why for 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 whatever reason we don't know. Um, yeah, but you you would think that you know a tight end that big and that physical um, and that agile would have been used a lot more versus a you know versus versus Brock Bowers. Well, you just hate to say, like, and, and I don't know that well, but obviously, like, he's almost too big. Yeah. Like, like 275, 280 is almost too big. Yeah. Like, you can only run so fast being that big. Um, you know, six, seven and a half, 280. You, you're not going anywhere overly quickly. No. And, and I think and a big, standard, too, you got Kyle Pittman, who, you know, from Florida last year, which is probably, you know, uh, Black Adonis probably has a tattoo on his back of of, of Kyle Pittman, but it's tramp just stamp like, a tattoo. Yeah, 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 definitely a tramp stamp. But it, you know, he, he's just a different breed, and so unfortunately, um, you know, he just doesn't fit that mold. He's just a really big, bruising, you know, left tackle that can catch. And I think I think if you get him out in in like the seam, 10, 15 yards down the field, I think that you can throw it to him like that. But I think the biggest problem in the red zone is. He doesn't have that quick, you know, that quick step, that quick move, that little bit of separation you need to to give room for that jump ball. I think he just kind of, you know, is out there and he is covered almost immediately, almost like a, you know, at least here, a big yep. distraction almost. Yep. You know, you run him out and it looks good. Oh, and then you throw it to Bowers behind him and Bowers the one that scored. But everybody was looking at Darnell, but Bowers the one that, that's getting like, Give me like think about this. Like with the 49ers, when you look at these, when you look at some of these NFL teams, right? There's been several teams that have used the screen game with a lot of success. If you get him as a tight end, you can add him on the line and do similar things to what Todd Munkin did with him here at Georgia, and he will give your team a lot of value at that point. So you know, ultimately the question is, is he what is he gonna be first? Is he gonna be second? Right? I would let's just be honest, I would love to see him in the first round. But I, I feel like he might go second. Yeah, a lot of people I, have him slated for first round, though. I mean, and, I, and listen, I'm not. I understand I would, why. Like I you said, why. I would love to see him go first. I just don't think that he warrants a, a first. You know, just a first round pick. The other guys, I mean, yeah, but him. Now, not. We we will see, obviously, yeah. right? Like the a lot of these guys, is, we're going to find out. Yeah, the hard thing the is like always, NFL guys they put a lot of value on body types. Yep more than anything i mean they they see him show up they see six seven they see you know he he goes out and he bench presses 225 25 28 times as a as a tight end or something like that people are gonna look around and go if in doubt i'll put 30 pounds on this guy and make him right tackle yep and he'll he, he can like it, the thing about it is like if you watch his blocking he he it's like he likes the contact like he loves to block it's like it seems that way but when you when you think about it though right like if you put him at 
310 at 6'8", he'll still be super athletic. He'll be one of the more athletic tight ends based off of that right there in theory, right? If it's good weight, you're going to sit there and do that. And it just it makes it shit scary, right? Because when you look at the tackles that we had, right, with um, last year, like Jamari Sawyer was a perfect example. Dude, Jamari Sawyer gets drafted the Chargers in the sixth round, right? I think it was sixth round. And then goes on to have one of the best rookie seasons by a tackle in, in what feels like a while. Like, like save their ass, save the Chargers' ass for a while, all season. Like, so you look at these things, and there's a lot of potential, right? Like Warren McClendon. Warren McClendon, I don't, I don't see him being a top – like a, he might be a day two guy, maybe day three. But I feel like he's one of these guys that will ultimately be consistent. Because, like, when, when it comes to offensive line, if, you, if your name's not being called, sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, you, you can best believe, so for, for McClendon and, and Darnell and everybody that's, that's going to be there, they're going to be very, very well prepared. They're going to be physically ready to contribute um, as, as as rookies. I mean, you sit there and look at look at Cook. Cook played a huge part. Um, Buffalo, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a huge, huge part. You know, this year. And and again, you've got George Kobe, Pickens. You got Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Look at Pickens. You got Jordan. I mean, Jordan Davis. You got all of these guys that came in there and, and and made huge impact because they were they were ready. The weight program and everything that they've got going on is. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, Pat asked a good question. Do we have well, – obviously, we're thinking way ahead of ourselves. I think it will be good to as, – as this question, we might want to come back on this question later, um, but we'll talk about it now. Uh, as of right now, do we have a N'Kobe Dean situation this year in that someone will be drafted way later than they should? Hmm. I, I'm thinking about that. Um, I'd say McClendon. I mean, I, I – I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think McClendon has shown himself to be a, a very viable um, right tackle. I don't see him being as athletic enough to be. Uh, you know, I don't see that happening, right? I don't see him moving over to a left tackle. I think you could see him slide in a, a guard or the play the right tackle. Ultimately, I'm curious to see where Broderick Jones goes because if he falls, I think the kid can be a top ten pick. I think he's arguably OT one in this in this draft. Um, obviously, like I said, this is way too early because we haven't saw the combine. We haven't saw any of these things. But just based off of the tape, looking at his athleticism, what he did in big game, right, I'm just seeing OT1 potential. I know you got Paris Johnson there. I know you've got some other guys. There's an a true argument for him being OT1, especially – and I think, he'll, I think he will be the first offensive tackle taken off the board. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 might, I might be wrong, but no, there's a good – I think he'll be. I think they'll they'll jump up and grab him. He'll be in the first round for sure. No, I think he will be. I mean, if if he falls though, let's like let's be honest. If he falls, that's a steal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, outside of that though, I think the hard thing is like like we're talking about. You know, Darnell. I think Darnell won't make it past the first two rounds purely off of just his frame and build. I mean, I don't really see that happening. So I guess you could say if he falls to the third, that would be an interesting um, fall. I don't quite see – I don't think we have anybody the caliber of player Nakobe Dean was last year where basically he was most people's like inside linebacker one or inside linebacker two. Like we don't have that kind of player that I think is going to all of a sudden look up and it's the third round. 
I mean, you're talking about like you're saying that's like Broderick Jones looking up, and it's the third round. I mean, there's a guy that people had people had the Eagles taking this guy at 11 last year, and ended up or whoever was picking at 11. I don't think it was the Eagles, but he ends up falling all the way to the third round on some. I think it was the Commanders at that point. I think Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just I don't think you've seen a fall quite like that in a long time. And I don't think you'll see one, um, especially not with one of our players again, anytime soon. But I bet you he's not mad right now. You know, they're, they're playing in the Super Bowl. You know, just, just think about it. There are people who play their entire careers and never have an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think let's ask this one question as well. Who, who do you think from this draft class upcoming, will be the most undervalued in the sense that they get drafted late but could produce the most value for their team. Do y'all, do y'all have anybody in, in mind specifically with that? Um, Considering I've seen that Nolan has some first-round grades, I would say probably not, actually, because I would say, like, if you got Nolan in, like, the late second, early third, you probably got a guy that is going to um, – be pretty good for your team, good for your locker room, good for your culture. Um, but when I mean, you get him in the first round, I don't think you can. He can add more value or be a steal just by being yeah. a first round pick. Yeah. So I think Chris Smith. I think Chris Smith, man. I really do. I, we haven't really heard of like I think like a day two guy maybe, right? I, I think so. But I think what he can provide at the safety position, or you know, I don't know if he plays as a nickel guy. Or you know maybe a dime guy, don't really know. But what you do know is the value that he provides with run support, like and and that to me is key. But I think that you know this is why I think you'll see him not be in the first round, maybe not even the second round. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna perform his way into a higher round. I just hope that the right team gets him and understands how to use him because if you do, you have you have a dog on your team at that point. Yeah. Give me Macintosh. I, I would say I would say Macintosh. Very versatile. Yes. Yeah. Very. Cody, and, raise your hand. You know, right now that like you're going the way of that 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 back that can catch out of the backfield. I mean, look at McKinnon for for uh, Kansas City. I mean, he scored a big, huge touchdown coming out of the backfield, running like a little swing route. And so that's the that's the bigger thing. Unfortunately for Dallas, you know, when they were you know, when they lost their main running back, you know, who can catch out of the backfield. Elliott is not catching out of the backfield. So he's one dimensional. And people don't realize how important that is for not only for you to chip somebody, but then be able to, you know, leak out into the and, and then make a huge, huge play. Oh yeah, that could be devastating to a defense. Hey, I just want to bring something up real fast, Kobe. I, I saw you raise your hand, but I want to bring this statistic up, and then I'm gonna let you go. There was a statistic, and I'm gonna shout out the guy Christian Gokel, Um said that basically looking at sacks allowed by Georgia's starting left tackle in 2021. Jamari Sal, you gave uh, Jamari Sawyer gave up zero sacks in 2022. Roderick Jones gave up zero sacks all year. I'm just that's saying playing some, that's playing against some really, really good teams. So OT I mean, these are trash teams. These are you know that's, that's you're talking about 15 games. You're talking about 30 games in that amount of time. That's Will Anderson twice. That's Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojobu once. That's everybody you um, that Ohio Zach, State Zach has. Harrison, uh, I mean, that's, Jack Sawyer, that's, that's DJ, them. That's, DJ Ojolari. 
for yeah. LSU one time. Uh, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins one time. That's dude, I don't know. TCU, a lot of people were hyped on there. Javon Dexter several right. times. <laughs> Florida, you know, Florida man's favorite team right there. Adonis. Oh, Brenton Cox, zero sacks allowed. Just gonna leave that there. I thought that was fun. Kobe, you had you had raised your hand earlier. Did you were you able to get yeah. that point across? Go ahead for it. Yeah, one. Um, I had a question for you actually. Were you let's see when it was. Were you there in the fall of '94 still? Yes. So this it's come up, I guess, with the Super Bowl. The Tennessee Georgia game in the fall of '94 remains the only college football game in college football history to have at least three eventual Super Bowl MVPs play in the game, Terrell Davis, Heinz Ward, and Peyton Manning. Yep. Yep. Well, actually, though, actually, Peyton Manning didn't play in that 94 game. It was, you, know who, you know who the quarterback was? Todd Helton. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the baseball team. player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's set on roster, but yeah. Okay, on roster, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. On roster. Yeah, yeah. So Todd, yeah, Todd Helton was the quarterback, which is it's just so fun. But crazy he will be a Hall of Famer, you yeah. know. So and yeah, but that that's crazy. Yeah, so you'll have so essentially you'll have three Hall of Famers on that on that uh, nuts in, in that game. It's crazy. Uh, Timothy Jones says, "I hope he will. I want to thank him for everything. We'll follow you in the NFL. Go dogs. I'm I'm thinking Broderick, maybe." Let me know who you th- let me know who you're talking about, Timothy, and we'll confirm. Um, listen, guys, obviously we start the combine the like late February, early March, I think, and then you go through the team interviews and stuff like it'll that. Be, it'll be after spring break, so yeah, Georgia go. spring breaks March 6th to the 10th or something like that. So combine yeah. and pro days will start slowly after that, I think. All right, all right, all right. Man, I'm looking forward to this combine. For some reason, I just like seeing it. It's like a spectacle, but at the same time, you you know, for me, I don't know if y'all have any memories of watching last year's combine. But to me, the the most remarkable thing was was his was Jordan Davis's forty, but it wasn't the forty time. It was the process of which it became. Because I was I was watching it. And if you if you're familiar with linemen, right, Kobe, I think you might know what I'm talking about. That 10 yard split is more important sometimes than the than the actual 40 yard time. And when he popped that one six eight, I think it was, I was like, oh. And then he hit the four, like the unofficial four seven eight, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> or like four eight one or some shit like that. When I saw that one six eight, I was like, oh my, <laughs> oh my. But you. I'm not going to compare. Like, it's so hard to look at anything moving forward. Well, for now. Like, this year, I don't think it will compare. It will not compare to last year because we had so many guys just dominate the combine. Jordan Davis with the fastest 40 by God, 340 pounds. Uh, Trayvon Walker and, like, Quay Walker, all those guys. It was just stupid fast. Dominated the combine, all the events. It was just nuts. And it was literally three days of Georgia propaganda, and I'm here for that. And I think I think this year, if you're if you're a Georgia fan, enjoy when your guys are running. Um, I know me personally, when I watch combine, I enjoy to watch. Um, I really enjoy to watch other teams' guys because, like, I've seen Nickobe run. I've seen Jordan Davis. Like, I know Jordan Davis can run 22 miles an hour. Like, it's fun to watch on national stage. But I like seeing like 
the guy from Oregon who people are talking about is going to be a top 10 overall pick at cornerback. Where was he week one playing the dogs? Because I didn't see him anywhere out there playing cornerback. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys – those are the guys to me that are fun to watch and see, like, okay, where are these hidden guys that maybe you saw them play during the year and they didn't have a good game or or whatever. But um, it's kind of going to skip this year. But next year, this time next year, NFL Combine, you're going to be suiting up to have another 2021 – style combine Arian Smith, both inside linebackers, oh. three of the linemen. I mean, you know, just, just, just wait, just wait until Raylan Wilson and those guys. Because if Raylan Wilson listen, Raylan Wilson already ran 23 miles an hour before he even got into the strength and conditioning program. Give him three years and let him run at fucking 40. It's gonna be ridiculous. Guys, any final words? on this. Um, obviously we talked about Jalen Carter. We've gave our thoughts on that. Ultimately we all understand it's subjective and dependent, but if Chicago, listen, I think if Chicago's there and they stick and they stay pat on number one, I see him, I see him going, I see him going there. But at the same time, Kobe, you know, this Chicago has to replace Roquan Smith, uh, the highest paid linebacker in right so it wouldn't surprise me either if they picked Will Anderson to try to replicate some of that. But uh, that's my thoughts. Any final words before we wrap this show up, guys? Nothing? I'm good. Yeah. No words? Yeah. Guys, listen, we, we talked about the combine. Also, remember, we also have Georgia Pro Day as well. I think that that will be fun to watch. I think all – I guarantee you 32 teams are going to be represented uh, as they should be. Um but with that being said, make sure to like, follow, or like and subscribe, right? Go follow us on Insta- uh, Instagram, Twitter, at the DGD Podcast. Um, check out Apotheos, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Don't forget. Um, guys, with that being said, come in Wednesday. I think we've got the Super Bowl coming up this week. So I think we're going to do a little bit of a Super Bowl preview, maybe. Maybe. We'll confirm that, but stay tuned on that. Dogs um, at Super Bowl. Uh, 22 straight years. I think that'll be something worth noting there. Uh, With with that being said, though, guys, have a great day. Uh, Brigade is always coming in hot and heavy uh, throughout the show. Thank you for all your support. And uh, make sure, like I said, make sure to like and subscribe here. We're on the road to 3,000 YouTube subscribers, folks. So make sure you like it and subscribe. Ring that bell, by the way. Get you notified when we're live. And other than that, though, guys, let's have a let's have a great day. Go dogs. Run, Juan, run. <laughs> I'm going to leave it up. I'm going to leave it up. There you go, folks. If you're watching this, you'll understand. Uh, with that being said, have a great day. We'll see y'all next time. Go dogs. Go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. 
But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.